0: Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project and what gets revealed, gets healed. I'm so excited to introduce you to a very special guest who's with us today, and I would consider her a magical being, Um, which brings me to introduce Nicole Magic. Ah, you're so sweet. (laughs) You are a magical being. I loved hearing your story about you as as a child, you know, growing up in your magical precociousness. but I would, I would say for all our listeners out there, like I, I do remember a time where I felt quite magical as a child. Like I felt like I could do anything.
1: Yeah, it's like you're in your own little world and everything just happens and you're just being.
0: For our listeners, if you don't mind, like tell me how you would describe what it is you do with, with, with your work in the world.
1: With my work in the world, I help people to transform the state that they're in into something higher so that they can overcome their fears and obstacles and turn them into opportunities to create something in their life that they, how they want to live their life.
0: And so you call that the alchemy of transformation, which I love. And teaching really, would you say primarily you work with, with women or... The majority of the people
1: I work with are women, yes.
0: So, Nicole, I also want to let our guests know that your name is not only Nicole Magic, but you actually have quite a few impressive degrees, one of them being a metaphysical degree.
1: Yes, I have a master's in metaphysics.
0: Yes, what else? You've also been a chemist. I've been a chemist, so I have uh, my background in biology and chemistry. And fi- financial, like something in finances, correct? Yes.
1: Yes. I, I had um, gone for my full securities
0: licensing. So I've trained in that. Is that like being a trader? like yes. Trading or? Okay. <laughs> awesome. Which, which amazes me, right? Because it's that full, like I'm making up over here that there's that full kind of like right brain, left brain within you that is really activated in both ways. Because this other piece that you really, that I've kind of witnessed from the outside looking in was, I remember one day seeing how you were offering a course on fork bending or something like that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and that's something you actually teach people yes. how to do.
1: It's not just about... um destroying silverware (laughs) what else is it about it's really about tapping into the miracle manifestation miracle energy window so once you learn that you cannot unlearn that and that's the space in which you want to put your affirmations and put the energy into what you're creating so i like to show people how to do that and i I
0: have a 100% success rate for everybody who's taken my class. That's incredible. <laughs> Here at the Revelation Project, we often will say, you know, we're both divine and human. And there is this, you know, just for our listeners out there, you know, who think that this is only for people with special gifts. What would you say to that? We all, we call, we can all do that, correct? Absolutely. I mean... Everybody has special gifts.
1: Sometimes you just have to do a little bit more mining to find your diamonds.
0: What would you say, Nicole, that like what's your favorite work to do in this realm?
1: Oh, I, I just love helping people to tap into their true divine essence, their true self and awaken their potential because when you can watch somebody go through the transformation and they get to that point where, oh my God, everything makes sense right now. Mm-hmm. And that propels them forward to keep going and embrace everything about who they are. There is something that is the most magical space of seeing somebody, watching them go through a process, and then embracing that and running with it and, and really loving who they
0: are. And so you're really teaching them to tap into their own kind of metaphysical capabilities?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. And that's kind of how I'm interpreting why you call it the alchemy of transformation is that we were kind of talking earlier about all your childhood experiences. I think sometimes we think and and there are those of us of course that have had wonderful childhoods but that that wasn't necessarily i don't want to put words in your mouth but you know you were sharing with me earlier that that wasn't always a, a wonderful experience that there was a lot of isolation for you a lot of loneliness a kind of a black sheep feeling because you were really in touch with your gifts as a kid yes and growing up in a very I like to say radically
1: Christian household. Okay. Um that wasn't acceptable and it wasn't so I wasn't accepted. So I always felt in that space where there was a struggle of you know love and denial of mm-hmm. love because yeah. I always had to prove myself. I always had to be something that I wasn't. I always had to stifle the gifts because they didn't make sense or they were of the devil or whatever
0: that was at that particular time. And would you say, because you were kind of alluding to it, that sometimes... It sounds like you work with people that are like, suddenly everything makes sense, almost like they've had what I call God winks, or they've had these mystical, magical experiences, but there was like no place to integrate it or put it because maybe in their world, it was similar, like it wasn't okay, or people thought they were weird, or they were um, shunned or isolated, or maybe it's just somebody like me who didn't start having magical kind of mystical experiences until later in my life but I still kind of felt lonely in them. I was like am I weird? You know, like is 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 there something like wrong right. with
1: me? We forget how good weird can be. Yeah. <laughs> because yes, I mean if everybody did the same thing or believed the same thing, it would be extremely boring and you know, there would be there'd be nothing to be creative about. Yeah. And when you take a look at where people are. They're in so many different places because of epigenetics and negative patterning that is kind of inherited in various senses. And then they create these toxic environments inside and outside. Because if you take a look at what's going on in your life, where's the mess? Where are, where's the clutter? Where's the chaos, the disarray? What makes you uncomfortable? When you look at that, then bring that inside. Where is that inside of you? And when people can understand that we tend to project everything outside because it's a safety mechanism, oh, I don't want to admit that there might be something I need to tweak. It's not something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. There may be things that- She's talking to like all to, of us, you guys, yes, not just all me. Of <laughs> all of y'all, but there's nothing wrong with you. There's There may be a sense of, I want something more. I know there's something more out there in this world, in this life that I can achieve, but my patterns are telling me no, that's not true. Sit down, shut up. Some of the things that I was talking about earlier.
0: Well, and here we here we go back to the alchemy, because it's everybody's lived experience that they have to like alchemize and get to that point where they're like, ready to follow that voice that does know that there's more and take all of their experiences and right. all of this you know, whether it's like their degrees, their history, their experiences from childhood and on and alchemize them into really kind of this whole other way of being in their lives.
1: Absolutely. And when you can take something, I always call certain negative type experiences seemingly negative, because in the moment, they can suck. In the moment, They can be the worst thing that has ever happened to you ever to that point. But if you fast forward and then look back, there's always something that can come out of it that's good. So in that moment, what is it that you decide? You're the one who decides if this is okay and you can take this, learn the lesson that it poses, and then determine what the opportunity is and move forward in that in a positive way. Or you can choose to say, this sucks. I'm just going to sit here. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Right? And sometimes we say, I'm just going to sit here because I don't know what to do because I don't have that awareness to pick it apart and say, and get outside of the emotional part of it that's Feels like it's destroying us instead of recognizing it's saying, the universe is saying, hey, I'm tearing this down because it's not serving you. Look away from this for a second and see what else is around you.
0: So it's this idea of like, that it's actually life happening for you, not to you. Absolutely, yes. So Nicole, what would you say, you know, is, I guess, you know, kind of going back to this black sheep experience that you had as, you know, a kid, where you really kind of started to... I don't know, you know, it's in our world, we kind of call it like negotiating pieces of yourself in order to belong.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it is
1: sad. <laughs> I look back and I, so I've seen auras all my life. I've felt energies and felt and heard spirits and also dreams. I had very prophetic dreams, which ran in the family.
0: That actually, I have that question. So was that something that did run in the family? Vision,
1: yeah, the, the whole intuition in my family, it's it's crazy. Maternal
0: or paternal? Both. Wow. Yeah, it's both. Oh my gosh, you hit so, the jackpot.
1: I think I did because uh, that's one of the things that I look back and I say, wow, there's so much, there's, there was so much enriching things that, and lessons that I learned whether they were seemingly negative, or were in that positive, confirmatory space of
0: these visions and dreams. I just had a revelation that I'm so jealous. <laughs> uh, seriously, I think I've always been like, I, I've always wanted to. And there is something in me that like believes, and I, and I have honed in on some of my gifts but that, you know, I'm just listening to you and I'm like, oh, I would have, you know, like killed to have been able to see that. But I'm also hearing that it was not always a gift or considered a gift. Yeah, no, definitely not. Because
1: I learned very quickly that this was not what normal people see. Most people don't see these things. And I, I first was became aware of my ability to see auras. I I just thought that that's how everybody saw. Yes. And then we were in church one day and the priest who always was purple to me <laughs> was green that day. Uh-huh. Even though other people's auras changed, the lights around them changed and I could see different things. This priest was always purple, which he was a very good priest and, you know, he should have been in that purple space, but why was he green? So I asked my mom, mom, how come father so-and-so is is green today and he's always purple? And she just kind of crouched down and looked at me and
0: Nicole has the most distressed look on her face right now (laughs) she is imitating her mother's face and of course you cannot see it but I'm dying over here she's like oh no like what is going on she's like you see color around people and I said yeah don't you and she's like well like not really so who did her mother or she
1: really looked she could see like the white the silvery white layer around and that's the easiest to see because it's just it's that's there that's the first Layer. Okay, but I was like well, there's so much more than that she started asking me like what do you see around this person this person and I found every time I would admit that I can see auras people did one of a few things they wanted me to tell them what I saw in other people because there's very intimate things that are in your aura and I learned to have no judgment and fully respect people's privacy. I would look at people and just say, Well, how about if I go over there and tell them what I see in yours first?
0: <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, and that
1: was appalling. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so you see my side of this? <laughs> or people would slink away from me and, and because they think that I can see their deepest, darkest secrets. It doesn't work that way either. Right. Sometimes things pop out at me because I'm called to it's either somebody's going to tell me this that I see, yeah. usually within a matter of a couple of minutes, and it's getting me ready to receive the information so that I can help that person. Yeah. Otherwise, it might pop out because I can just send some healing energy that way and be done with it. Yeah, There are other things that I see and that, and my guides have shown me how I can help from a distance and, you know, especially with kids.
0: Which, which brings me especially with kids. Yeah. Cause I was going to say it brings me to my next cause now I'm just so curious is this piece about like, how did you start finding people that could help you with these gifts?
1: I didn't have very many mentors Okay, through my whole life. I pretty much was a child of the universe and I would contemplate these things. I spent a lot of time alone and receiving a lot of downloads when I had my own time, especially as a young, young child. Um, We lived on a main road, so it wasn't, you couldn't just, you know, play in the neighborhood kind of thing. And I spent a lot of time in nature catching snakes and helping birds and trying to heal birds and and different things that my cat would catch or the neighborhood cats would catch and and they'd be wounded or catching fireflies and grasshoppers, whatever it was, I spent a lot of time just doing that stuff and coming up with different creative scenarios. And then sometimes in those spaces, I would receive pieces of information on how to help people or what to do in a metaphysical manner. I used to play around with energies and, quote, make things happen, right? And I'd watch, I would literally, it's almost like we practice manifestation, right? That's what I did when I was a kid. I would practice manifesting. I want this to happen. And it was like, I would make it happen just by thinking it into life. right? And that's what I did over and over. And it became a game, like how quickly could I make something happen?
0: I'm having such a visceral like imagery come to me right now, like as you as a child in the forest. And it's true, right? There's, I think what's interesting that's coming up for me right now is that there's this truth for me that as children, we all have this understanding that we are magical beings and then we forget. Right.
1: It's almost like we know when we're alone and we're in that magical space But as soon as we're around other humans, the other stuff seeps in and tells us that we're not, you know, you're just imagining that you're, that's not real. And it is, it's very real. And when you're tapping into another realm, who says that that's not real? Mm -hmm. So it's our minds that tell us that from programming and people basically downplaying.
0: social conditioning, right? Yes. It's and all epigenetics. Here. Uh, and epigenetics, which I love that you brought it back up again, because I was going to say, like, would you define that for us? Epigenetics is more of it's
1: not your straight genetics. However, Dr. Bruce Lipton puts it really well because he was a cell culture biologist, and and so he can go into a lot of scientific avenues with that, but. Trying to simplify it, it's more of the space that you were brought up in, your ancestors passed down subconscious patterns. It's more along the line of when somebody tells you, you sound just like your mother mm-hmm. or you look just like your mother when you do that. And we might say, oh, don't you dare say that to me. I do not. Well, subconsciously, yes, you You are. You're doing that thing that she does. You're saying it how she says it. You're making that face like she does because that energy is embedded in there because you are raised in that. You absorbed that subconscious
0: pattern. And until you break it, And is it also like how things get expressed, not, not only verbally and like through our bodies, but almost like the expression of the DNA, like whether or not certain things will turn on or off based on our energetics? Yes. Okay. That's,
1: that's a little bit diving into more of the scientific piece of this, because yes, if you think of epigenetics is about, we were talking about as above, so below, as within, so without. If you take a cell and you put it in certain conditions, it will grow a certain way. If you put it in different conditions, it will grow a different way. This is how and why we we have tumors or cancerous tumors or these different things that that they change right? they're
0: expressions in different environments, yes. This is so fascinating, right? Because what I also want you to go back to is what you said, right? Which is, it's something, of course, that as within, so without, as above, right? And I want you to explain that as well to those listeners that might, this might be their first or second or third or fifth, but may not really know what that means. Right.
1: So if you,
0: Try to follow me a little bit here is if you
1: have these negative patterns, subconscious patterns that tell you to do these things that you don't even know that you're doing. So you might be thinking that you're not worthy, Mm -hmm. right? And you express yourself in certain ways. Do you do something that exhibits that energy of I'm not worthy? You're going to attract the things around you that validate that. And that you're accepting that.
0: So it's this idea of almost the, the microcosm within you is going to be reflected in your exterior, in yes. the macrocosm. Yes. So that nothing is actually separate, that it's all interconnected. Right. Okay. And if
1: you also take that in the reverse, now you're creating this environment that's toxic around you, which then also triggers the things within your physical body, that's why we might get sick. So now it's affecting, coming full circle back, where the genes, your DNA, your RNA, your DNA, there are proteins that bind to your DNA,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they will cover genes or uncover genes so when it's uncovered, it's being expressed. If it's covered, it's being repressed. Okay. So either way, if it turns a gene, if the toxicity will turn a gene on, like it'll change the protein and that protein will fall off of that, express the gene for whatever. Okay. And vi- you know, vice versa. You can, it really is about... How do we get ourselves in alignment with who we truly are? Because we want
0: all of our physical genes expressing exactly who we truly are, not who other people wanted us to be, not repressing the parts of ourselves that are gifted or magical or shiny or bright, or right, like all of these yes. beautiful things that we do often try to hide, because we're trying to fit in, or we want to be loved, or we want to, you know, please people. Right? Yes, it's this, I can actually see the sorrow on your face right now, you know, as you're thinking about something in, very in particular, that was very sad. Yeah. Do you want to share it with us? Yeah, I can share that. Because
1: um, I was thinking that, Energy is very real and it's very influential. And sometimes it's not always about our intention, right? We can have great intentions, but we're expressing those intentions in a very negative way. And for example, when I decided that I wasn't going to hide who I was anymore, mm-hmm. and I put together like a little wellness fair that I was gonna do aura photography at and I actually printed postcards. I did marketing for this thing. My mom actually found a postcard at somebody's house and I got a phone call and the phone call kind of went a little bit like this. Yeah, I was at so-and-so's house today. What exactly is this aura photography you really need to go back to church. You're a backslidden Christian. You need to go back to church. You can't be doing this stuff. What are, what are you doing? What is the matter with you? And I was just like, I'm not having this conversation. Yeah, We are not doing this right now. This is something that I believe in, that I know is real, and whether you accept it or not, that's not my problem. So this is my life, not yours. You have every right to live yours, but you cannot control how I live mine.
0: And what I'm also hearing, Nicole, is that her intention is to love you and protect you, but how she's doing it is so hurtful and harmful to you and your light and your truth. And we talk about this a lot in the Revelation Project. It's like we don't get to have each other's truths, right? That there's a difference between the truth and your truth or my truth. Yes. And that they get to be different. That who I am and how I experience the world gets to be different from your experience of how you experience the world. And it's not my place to judge you. Right. So it's like, and I understand that that look I saw on your face, so which is one of my gifts, I think, is to be able to read emotion on people like Braille, except I don't have to touch them. Right? <laughs> yes. And you, you know, you're a very expressive person. Yes. It's that. Because that sadness that I saw, like just come through you is true for me. Like that, I think for me is the saddest thing when I see people who are not allowed to be who they are, right? It literally brings up the most fierce energy in me. And I get so protective and fierce and angry and I get so righteous and I don't necessarily (laughs) love that about myself. But I love my big heart in that way for other people and to protect them. Yes. Yeah. Mamaka. Mamaka. Yes. So what ended up happening is
1: she kept this postcard. So she knew the date.
0: Mm. Oh, God. So I had people at my
1: house that I was hosting that came from the middle of the, the country. That night before the event there was one point where I just, I said, I have to go to bed because I feel extremely nauseous. I don't know what's happening. It just came on all of a sudden. I need to figure what this is out. So I need some time alone to figure out where this energy is coming from. And when I Laid down and I started body scanning and also I do a lot with quantum physics in the torsion field. So I followed the torsion field of this energy if you where it was coming If you don't know what she's from.
0: talking about, don't worry, I don't either. We'll go back. <laughs> we'll go back.
1: Go ahead think of it as an energy trail. I just followed the energy trail and it's quantum physics. So it's basically just, you know, going through the quantum field. I just just
0: follow the torsion (laughs) energy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, like I just make bacon in the morning. Go ahead. (laughs) So I
1: followed it and it led me to my mom. And I just, I was sat there and at first I was hurt and I was pissed. And then I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I know, I realize how I feel and I know why I feel this way. So now I'm going to step outside of that emotion. And now I'm just going to shut this thing down. And I basically said, this is not my energy. So it does not belong in my energy field, in my physical body. Go back
0: where you came from. So let me get this straight. I love this. I just, I'm so excited right now. What you're pointing to is this. So your mom kept the postcard. She knew about the night and she was basically energetically containing or projecting or like we, we literally talk about projection, but we yes. don't actually realize we are actually projecting our energy upon other people. Yes. So if it's a judgment energy, if it's a fear energy, and I've often said this, I can go into a store and come out and suddenly I'm I've like almost like agitated energy. I'll have to like really clue in and I'm like, Oh my God, th- that guy was over by the prescription counter and he was, you know, really agitated. Right. And we take this stuff for granted like, oh, it's not real. But what I'm hearing is that. You have this capability and you've studied this. So you know what this is. That The fact that you could go in and actually kind of follow that energetic trail and see that your mom was somehow really like projecting herself upon that evening because she was in total disagreement with her or whatever her fear is. This was the night before the event and she did
1: not want the event to happen. Mm. So she was praying. In her mind, she was praying and, you know, to bring me back to where I needed to be, not realizing that that is where I needed to be. So when I sent the energy back, non-maliciously, she ended up being
0: sick. I'm like, uh, meanwhile, to our listeners, I'm like, we can send that shit back. You can
1: send that shit back. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you a few things. Do you want to play? I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play? Okay. So there are a couple things that when I was working in chemistry, there was, um, there was a very toxic person that would come around every now and then. And I could feel this person enter three labs away. I had three labs that were connected together. And my, my bench, I actually ran a team, but my bench that I worked at was almost in the corner. And I felt this person come in and so I just like, just started just breathing the energy, like pulling energy up from my feet all the way up to my head, then down and out my hands and just like concentrating that energy and knowing what was coming because this person just was toxic, miserable, just wanted to start stuff. No matter what, so it, you couldn't win.
0: Yeah, and we all we all know that feeling when somebody walks into a space and changes the energy. Yes, that shit is real. That shit is is real. real. Is real. and we've all felt it, whether we're willing to admit yeah, it or not. And I was like in that mode of
1: "Not today, Satan!" Right? <laughs> so, oh, I started working that energy and concentrating that up. When that person came in, I had I had prepped myself quickly. And if with practice, you can feel that like really build up fast when that person got up to about almost ready to enter my auric field, I took all that energy and I rippled it out. So it would like
0: literally ripple out yeah, if you guys have ever seen the Witcher, she's like making like <laughs> Witcher, a like a like a thing with her hand, right, okay, you rippled it yeah, out, yeah, and
1: rippling it out like right from your core center, right out, like this person who w- was walking towards me on a mission, it seemed I rippled it out and they suddenly stopped like they hit a brick wall, and I just looked at them and said, "Can I help you?" And they looked stunned. Like Like they just hit a brick wall. Like they just hit a brick wall, and they they said that they forgot why they came in. Okay, so I broke the negative energies that were there. It was like shattering
0: glass. And have you always known you can do that? Well, I used to as a kid around
1: when I was a kid. You were telling me about that.
0: Like I, yeah, she really was. This I would call child. in the storms
1: and like do all kinds of stuff because I used to push myself. Or I, I feel like it wasn't just me that I had these more elemental kind of guides that would show me like do this and this will airbender. happen. Yes, right. And basically just so I would practice and I would push to see. Well, what can I do? And there were some times where I was like, oh. Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, but it was like, whoa, I can do that? Right. Maybe I shouldn't, but I can do that. So if I ever needed to, I could do that.
0: So this whole idea and and I love to that because true then. And I know this, but I'm saying it like I remember when I really did start to shift my perception and start to recognize that because like you, I had had a very shut down experience. And because I did not believe the same way or in the same things that I was raised to, that I was, and I know that my family meant well, but that there were certain members of my family that just were deeply sorrowful and would pray for me, like pray for my right. soul, right? This would create such a sense of despair in me as if I was somehow needed somebody to pray for my soul. It can actually like bring me to tears because I really. It's fascinating. I'll just let it come up. It's the Revelation Project after all. But, you know, what I'm present to right now is actually how, again, going back to kind of what you were talking about with intentions, we think we're, you know, when when somebody doesn't believe something that we believe, like we know better than them. It's such an arrogant way to be. And I don't say arrogant to hurt people. I say right. it because I've been in those shoes. I've been in those shoes where I've been like, thought I know better. We do it as moms a lot. And and it's so true that like, it can just, it's really, wow, stay in your own hula hoop, do your own revelation project and don't worry about doing other people's project for them. Because it's true that you had such a different experience and you have different gifts. And that doesn't make you better or worse or wrong or right. It's just who you are. And if we each give each other this space to have our own experience of life and what we believe in, and which is why I love bringing these conversations out of behind the shadows or where so much of the normal conversations don't happen is because... I know that there are people like me out there that are just waiting to hear from somebody who actually can say something where they're like, me too. Like, I don't feel so alone. I have forgiven that, right? Like, that may never, that may be always these people in my family's experience of me is that like, they need to pray for my soul. But there's this liberation that comes from being able to stand firmly in who we are and send that energy back. And I and I have had these moments where I have been like, that is not mine, you can have that back, not believing or but I love like, I love modeling. So like when I see I'm going to be doing that hand gesture, you know, what right. I mean? like, I'm going to be like, sending that shit back, that there's actual true power. And there's this idea of reclaiming our power from these realms, where we've negotiated pieces of ourselves in order to be loved or belong Right. It's true that you can do all the things and still not ever be enough or doing it right in somebody right. else's eyes. And at some point, you just have to friggin' learn to love yourself. Yes. And and be You know, like, I am the first example of how the world is to treat me. And I will not tolerate this anymore. I will not continue to put myself in the path of your, even though it's not intended, but it's harmful.
1: Right. I was trying to think of something that I was um wow, I just when went you, were, off. you just triggered something that I was talking to myself about. I come up with all these things in my head. I have these conversations in my head like I would have with just people <laughs> and and it was just about that where you really have to learn to love yourself first because. You are the one setting the example. You can't show somebody else how to love you if you don't know how to love yourself. So you can't expect somebody to love you in the way that you want to be loved if you can't do it for yourself.
0: We always say we train the world how to be in relationship with yes. us and you get what you tolerate. And sometimes, you know, we think we go we go back to kind of this like, but I should... And, mm-hmm. and I do that a lot with certain members of my family. I'll never stop loving them. That that doesn't go away. I have to stop shitting on myself about the way it should look or who I should be as a daughter or a sister or a mother. Because the the fact of the matter is, again, it's like I get to have my experience and they get to have theirs. But if I'm kind of continually putting myself in the pathway of being judged or criticized or harmed. It's my job to protect my inner light. And I'm looking, of course, at the candle that I always have lit on my desk. And that's my morning ritual. It's how I kind of like, actually, candles remind me of my inner light. And it's my, it's a metaphor for me, which I learned from Rob Bell, who does the Rob cast. And he talks about how to put a boundary in front of your inner light so that it doesn't get blown out. And that's why I always use a candle to as that kind of living metaphor to remind me always to keep protecting my inner light because for the longest time, I allowed people to blow it out and I had nothing, that energetic flame that is me, that is my essence and is so bright and deserves to be shining as bright yes. as it can. It's like, I, it's my job to protect that light not exactly. my mother's not my parents not my grandmother's not my husband's and
1: it's not anyone's fault either that if it gets snuffed out or damaged or all these things that we tell ourselves how we feel it's somebody else's fault it's not
0: i love that that it's it's not like cuz that's where it's like well blame's not helpful either we then we get back into the victim mentality going back to the alchemy Yes. Taking all that pain or that, you know, isolation or whatever those experiences, you know, like not to label them, but they were experiences, right? They were experiences that we allowed maybe to blow out our flame. And it's taking that, all of those experiences, alchemizing them and transforming them into who we're becoming
1: and using them. And I'm going to change some words right there where it's not necessarily somebody else blowing it out. It's them telling you to blow oh, it out and you, you blowing it. it out and you did it. Like you didn't have to.
0: So relight that thing. Yes. And to go back to kind of, cause I did, I went off and I got lost somewhere, but thank you, you everybody for, for being here, um, for continuing to be here. Is this piece about when we intentionally use our energy to pray for another In a good way, like in a not to kind of like block them or to conform to our wishes, but healing prayer and energy and sending someone like there's someone out there right now that I'm thinking of with just the biggest heart, you know, and she's facing some scary news. And I'm just... Sending her daily thoughts and prayers and just, and there was a time in my life I didn't believe in that. I'd be like prayer circle, like whatever. And it's right. now it's so beautiful to me because I know that that energy actually is being, it's going where it's intended. Right. And so when we think that we can't, you know, work with energy in that way, it's, that's not true. Right. Your love impacts others. Yeah, this is like it's just re- a very revealing and beautiful conversation. Yes. So, what would you say, Nicole? Are you and I have had? I feel like we've had these light year conversations, you know, where where we just like, you know, and and it's like I know, like we picked places. up on thousands of years ago conversations in the ethers somewhere. <laughs> in this kind of realm of working with women. Really, what we're up to in the Revelation Project, like everyone revealing their unique truth, their unique self, and really kind of disrupting this trance of unworthiness. It's, I love kind of the Revelation Project and how I describe it is like everybody's doing their own Revelation Project. And the idea is that it's like, do your own project, don't do anybody else's, and that what gets revealed gets healed. Hmm. There's also this. What I see a lot is a lot of women dimming their light or trying to conform in order to belong and I think that there's this kind of awakening that really is happening in the world with women. And I'm just really wondering if you're seeing that.
1: Oh, I totally am. There's there's a lot. Yeah, what's happening? I feel like there's this rise of women that well, I feel like it's going in two different directions. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but when you think about humans, we we're meant to be social. Mm-hmm. We're we're meant to recharge, you know, individually too, but there's a social aspect of our nature and the community and how like think about ants right they just they they form their colony and they they have their jobs that they do they help each other out and that's what we're meant to do and what we've done over time and maybe it was having to do with the whole you know women are inferior kind of implantations in in our heads that as people as women started to say well i'm not inferior i can be this marvelous being too, that the ego kind of infiltrated that saying, well, I have to do it by myself because if I ask for help, that's not being strong. That's me being weak. And then it was almost, you know, seeing, I'm kind of going through like what I've observed through my life. And then it's like women hitting against other women, not being able to to be trusting of other women because, oh, they're catty, they're this, they're that, can't trust them. Well, it's women having the same insecurities Mm -hmm. and then projecting it onto each other and propagating that further and deeper into the negative spiral. And then now it feels like, okay, now women are starting to engage with other women at very deep levels, realizing God, I'm not alone. You're going through that. I understand that. And it's not, there's, it's the empathetic side of things that I've gone through that too. Let me help you. And now we're, we're elevating each other up. And then now it's in this phase of women helping other women. In their businesses, like, I don't have to stomp on you to be ahead of you for me to feel like I'm worthy in doing this. When we can do this together, we do the same things. Why can't we rise up together? My clients are different from your clients. We might have overlapping clients. It's not about me. It's about who I work with to help them to get to a space that I've done that stuff. Let me help you get to that phase that's beyond where you are so you can continue on and do great things. And
0: what I love about what you're pointing to is this like infinite abundance for everyone. Everyone. And it's true, you know. So, so you said it's going one of two ways, right? Yes. Yeah, so,
1: there's that way. And then the flip side of it is if you think about people that haven't gotten out of the scarcity mindset, that aren't taking that there's something for everybody, there's abundance for everybody. We can all be abundant, prosper, and share and still be vulnerable and trusting and all these great things. There's the flip side where if they haven't been able to get outside of those negative patterns, they're slipping deeper into the scarcity mindset that I'm entitled, it's a false sense of deserving, the competition, the comparison, and cutting people down, being negative, being toxic, gossiping. Yeah. Um, you should do this for me just because I'm here. No, that's not this. If you think about the people that you know around that, think of them with compassion because they haven't come past certain negative patterns, but you don't have to quote, fix them because they don't need to be fixed. They just need to be aware
0: I may be off base here, but I always think that at the very root of that is a lot of fear. Yes.
1: Fear, insecurity. It's not being worthy. There's not enough to go around and I and I'm not worthy, so I have to create a scenario where where's my where's
0: my peace? Well, and it's interesting because the second we start to get out of our comfort zone is when we're not worthy raises its ugly head, because that's where our fears come up is when we start getting out of our comfort zone. And we get to kind of see, you know, what gets in the way of feeling worthy of shining our brightest light, right? allowing, being in the flow, abundance, knowing that there's plenty to go around. It's really this kind of fascinating thing that just gets revealed. I always like love looking at as well as in contrast, kind of this idea of the growing edge, I call it right where a lot of people call it the growing edge, because it literally grows us into who we're becoming, the more we get out of that comfort zone. Right. So going back to kind of what you're observing in women, kind of these two ways of being. And then what do you love about working with women? Like what what is it that you see as just what do you see possible when more and more women wake up to their own magic, their own? (laughs) I loved saying your name, Nicole, your own their
1: own (laughs) magic. Yeah. I love how women can be so bonded and fierce. And just understanding at the same time, like there's so many different emotions that women can feel all at once, coupling that without being judgmental and being able to be vulnerable, yet so strong, right? Because when you can realize that being vulnerable is not being weak. It actually is a strength. It is a strength. And there's something that's really beautiful about women that are on the same page in that mindset, in that growth within themselves, in the understanding with themselves. Part of what I teach is when you fully understand yourself, or as you go through the process of fully understanding yourself, you start becoming aware that of who you are and what your truth is. and non-judgment towards other people because you have a better understanding of where they're coming from because you're processing things in such a different way that it's not the conventional way because we're always taught like news and everything. It's negative, negative, negative. 87% of what we think and say is negative. Yes greater than 95% of what we do is subconscious. And the subconscious is a thousand times more powerful than the conscious. And that's where people fail because even within that, one negative comment takes at least seven positive ones to negate it. So you can see where if we have to consciously start changing something, a pattern in our life,
0: it takes a concerted effort.
1: Yes, like so. Up to a certain point. Once you get past the threshold and you make it a, a subconscious habit. habit, right? A behavior, it becomes something that just propagates more positivity. But the, that threshold, man, it's a
0: bitch. Yeah. Yep. Just getting over that threshold. Absolutely. In fact, it, it's true. Uh, there was a point where, uh, and I, I've talked about it before, but. When I ten years ago, when I kind of went through my world falling apart, and I'll never forget, you know, the shaman saying to me, "Do you speak to your loved ones the same way you speak to yourself?" And I didn't know what he meant at the time. And then I, I think I was uh, carrying a bag of groceries to the car a couple of days later, and the the bag blew out, and suddenly I heard the voice, mm-hmm. "You stupid idiot!" Right? Like you, and all it was the most look abusive, what you did abusive nasty inner voice. And once I heard it, it was like, you can't unring a bell, I couldn't stop hearing it. And it was like, Oh, my God, make it stop. <laughs> and it took me a long time, like really had to be diligent about almost, I almost had to imagine myself stepping outside of myself as a, um as a protector and being like, don't you speak to her like that? She is doing the best she can right now. Right. And I had to do all kinds of crazy things to disrupt that voice. Oh yeah. For the longest time, but then once I got it, I was like, I started really being able to turn on a dime and even being able to like now model self-love like in the moment, even if I'm with you. And I know we were talking about it earlier was like, bless my heart, you know, like to bless my own heart or to, you know, really kind of pick up on my human mass in front of people and be like, Oh, I'm just noticing what you know, that I said this and or whatever it is. Right? right. But be so kind to myself first.
1: Absolutely.
0: It's so funny. Cause when I'm working with women in that way, they tend to just be like, what was that? But like so intrigued because they're like, I just saw something there. And it's true that I think too, for w- us women, like you were saying before, it's that me too understanding that we are becoming models for each other. That we don't have to do this work in isolation, that there are so many women doing this powerful work with concentrations. So where you are concentrating in really working with women in one particular way, I'm doing it in another way. And again, neither is wrong or right. It's more about what's resonating And so many of us now creating these beautiful circles of women who are starting to learn how to be in community with each other in this supportive way that you're speaking about. There are certain things that we just cannot do alone. And when
1: women are banding with other women to help and lift them and rise them up, think about all these little clusters of women that these groups are are being created. Eventually- The groups will start spreading. Some of these groups are overlapping. They're bringing women together more and more and more, connecting them. And then somewhere out in wherever, you've got these little, tiny, isolated women that need that. Eventually, it will make its way to touch their lives, too. So... If we just keep doing what we're doing and elevating people and looking at others with compassion and and just understanding who we are and holding in that space, that just keeps rippling out too. So everybody has the right. Everybody deserves
0: to be happy. You just get to choose when. I keep getting the word magic. There's something too here about what you're saying that's like, just get to your own like reveal the mm-hmm. magic of you and do your own project that in doing our own work that's where it all starts you're the light that's what that is is you are the light if your light is
1: out you can't shine for anybody else to see you can't be you can't be the beacon for to help somebody find their lost way, you have to ignite your flame, you have to shine your light. And doing that,
0: that is something I do see, I see so many women who are like just naturally inclined to help others, but they haven't first kind of done that inner work. And so they're depleted, they're scared, they're depressed, they're upset. And yet it's because they haven't done that inner self love work first. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you do do that, the amount of energy that
1: flows to you feels undying. Yes. the The fear goes away, the insecurities go away. There is nothing more joyful than living your life the way that you want to. No more in positivity. shooting. Yes. Yeah. No more shooting. No more no shooting. No more any of that.
0: So as a last question, Nicole, like, what would you you say to our listeners in terms of like, where would they begin to, I don't know, do you have any words of magic?
1: The most magical words that
0: I can come
1: up with right now are look within, because you need to start there. What is it that you need? Really sit down and get real with yourself because when you can do that, be open, be honest, and be kind, because those that voice will come up. It'll say things. What does it say to you? If you write these things down, you can look at how ridiculous that stuff is. And then you can start gearing towards what is it that I need to do next? Who do I resonate with to reach out with that might be able to help me? Is it A friend? Is it a family member? Is it a love a lover? Is it a group? Is it a coach? Who is that person? Ask yourself that. Because you don't have to journey
0: alone. That's you don't. And I and I think as women, we naturally work well with with others, and and we're so collaborative. And it's it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to like allow another woman to make a difference. Get vulnerable. Go to a group that you don't know
1: anybody, and then you can open up because you'll find you'll show up and you'll be surrounded by the right people. There's always divine timing. Everything that you do, you'll see. And, you know, there will be things that will come up. If you make a decision, you'll be tested. Yeah. And if you're being tested, you're on the right track. Interesting. You're doing the right thing. Okay. Hold strong. So trust yourself. And push through. Trust yes. yourself. Trust yourself wholeheartedly. All right.
0: And where can our listeners find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook, um, Magic LLC, LLC, or online, MagicLLC.com, M-A-J-I-K-L-L-C.com. I've got some new things rolling out on my website over the course of this week, so that will be fun. Uh, I got uh, some new new pieces continuously going so
0: and in addition um you have chakra classes you have all kinds of cool things that you offer
1: yes you can find me on eventbrite for different um different events also on my website i have all my events that i'm doing at different places and some very cool things that will be rolled out over the course of the next few months. So just- So
0: perfect, more to stay be revealed. aware, yes, <laughs> stay aware. Good. Awesome, well, I can't thank you enough. It's been such a treat and I know it has been for our listeners too.
1: Thank you, my pleasure.
0: All right, you guys, more to be revealed. If you're someone who is interested in working with us in a deeper way, please visit our website, To learn more about how you can begin the process of unbecoming and remembering, please enter the code podcast in the checkout to take advantage of special offers on any of our online courses, workshops, or online monthly memberships. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening, and as always, more to be revealed.